The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. So today I wanted to revisit the whole idea of maintaining a quote-unquote perfect stress level and why this admittedly reactive approach to stress management is actually superior, in my opinion, to proactive stress management. And of course, I might be a little biased, so good to take what I say with a grain of salt. I won't take it personally. But just as a refresher, I define your perfect stress level as the highest stress level that you can withstand without triggering symptoms. So if you cross that line, you'll trigger symptoms. And why are we even talking about this? Because on top of our day jobs and regular day-to-day chores and responsibilities, we're also working really hard on our goals. And it's not that we want to work that hard. I mean, we want to achieve our goals, right? And if that means we have to work hard, then we're willing to do that. But we'd rather not if we don't have to. And this is why I'm not a big fan of the word workaholic, because it insinuates that, uh, you know, we have to, we can't stop working. We're addicted to it. Now, some people may be like that. I actually knew a guy who had open heart surgery and then had a couple mini strokes. Apparently, that's a side effect of open heart surgery. And the next day, he dialed into a conference call from his hospital bed. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about here. We work hard only because we feel we have to in order to achieve our goals. But truthfully, if we won the lottery tomorrow, we'd have no problem Uh, quitting our jobs, kicking back, living on a yacht, whatever, traveling the world. But we work hard. And the amount that we work is based on our estimation of what it'll take to have any decent chance of reaching our goals. There's no right or wrong answer here. It's all based on your gut feeling. Now, some goals are much harder to estimate uh, level of effort needed than others. For example, If you're inventing a new product or service, it's especially difficult to know what all it's going to take as opposed to, say, becoming a doctor. That's much easier in the sense that you know the path to becoming a doctor, right? And you know where you are on that path every step of the way. So if you're a freshman in college, for example, you know it's going to take 13 years or so to become a subspecialist. Four years of college, four years medical school, three years residency, uh, that's 11 years right there. And then maybe a few more years for a subspecialty, depends. And even though it may take you know a lot of work and dedication to get through, it's really nice knowing where you are at any point in time. So you can clearly see your progress all along the way and anticipate what's coming down the pike. That's a luxury. In contrast, You don't necessarily know where you are in the entrepreneurial process if you're offering something new. And there's no one road to get you there either. It depends on the nature of the business, what your starting resources are, and what your judgment is as far as how much you think you need to work to have any decent chance of becoming successful. And not only that, 
But another thing that makes becoming a doctor easier is that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that at the end of the process, you're going to have marketable skills and make a certain minimum income. With starting a business offering a new type of product or service, you really don't know if whatever you're bringing to market is going to catch on or not. Sure, you can solicit early feedback in order to uh, prevent wasted development costs, uh, building something that people ultimately don't want. But even then, if you're building something truly novel, truly unique, the quality of the feedback isn't going to be very good because people don't really know if it'll work or if they'll like it until they've been given a chance to try it. Now, this podcast isn't solely for entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm just using that to make a point that goals with inherently a lot of uncertainty can make it difficult to gauge just how much you need to work. And your dedication level is not something that you can just you know switch on and off. So if you try to build in hard stops each day, it's probably not going to work out too well. Personally, I think it's a fool's errand because you're just too driven, which actually is the opposite of what normally is the case, right? I recently read a book that I highly recommend uh, called Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything uh, by B.J. Fogg, and he hits motivation pretty hard. I mean, he says it's unreliable, and he goes through all the various reasons why it's unreliable. And in general, he's right. He His points are very valid. But in my case, and for folks who the perfect stress system is really geared toward, we're really determined to achieve our goals, right? Our motivation level is pretty darn high. Uh, it's reliable, and nothing's really going to change that. Therefore, we have the opposite problem. If anything, we're at risk of overworking, defined as triggering symptoms. Um, as opposed to being unable to stick with it, uh, to stick with some habit because of a, a lack of motivation. And so this concept of finding and maintaining that line, that perfect stress level, acknowledges and even leverages that motivation. Now, the overall message of the Tiny Habits book, as you can probably tell from the title, is to start small. Don't pressure yourself to do more than just a little bit of whatever new habit uh, that you're trying to introduce into your routine. You could do more of whatever it is if, you feel, if you're feeling it, if you're into it, but it's not required. So one example he uses in the book is if you want to floss your teeth more often, start with flossing one tooth. That's it. And there's more to the Tiny Habits Method. It's, I'm not going to go into everything here, but I do highly recommend the book. And by the way, it's based on 20 plus years of research into human behavior and how we actually form habits. And what's interesting is that chronic stress monitoring, the, the My Stress Alarm app, actually employs the tiny habits method. So rather than jumping into a proactive approach to stress management, which requires more upfront commitment, we start tiny. So think about it like this. Let's say you're the kind of person like I was, where your mindset is... Uh, you, you know, you don't play games, you know, if you're really serious about making some changes, you know, to help with stress or whatever, by golly, you're going to go all in or not at all. Does that sound familiar? So let's say you decided to hire a coach and go through the coaching sessions and the daily nudging and the check-ins, or maybe you go for some tracking app where you have to put in everything under the sun from food intake to sleep, to water consumption, to medications, 
uh, and weight and physical activity, workouts, mood. Good luck trying to find time to actually work on your goals, right? If you're putting all that in each day. And I want to make it clear, I'm not knocking coaching or any of these tracking apps. I'm just saying that you're not going to stick to it, okay? Not because I said so, because the research says so. It's just too much change to take on at one time. Now, contrast that to chronic stress monitoring, the My Stress Alarm app. It takes literally a minute a day. You can update it as soon as you wake up or easily fit it into your morning routine. It's something that realistically you can stick to and it'll increase your awareness and over time position you to eventually be more proactive in your management of stress. And that's when you may hire a health coach or a performance coach. You'll get to a point where you can keep your productivity high while also maintaining good work-life balance. So you're not always hovering near or around your threshold number. You'll be in the coasting along category of the sustainability matrix. You will have found your stride. But it all starts with simple journaling and an easy way to monitor your chronic stress levels by using a scoring system which is not unlike anything else we monitor, right? If you think about it, we use numbers to monitor our weight, blood pressure, blood sugar, cholesterol, vital signs, all against some acceptable range. We do that because using numbers is easy. It's an easy way to monitor things. You're not in the dark anymore. You can see roughly, it's not an exact science, but roughly how close you are to triggering symptoms on any given day. And you can decide to either stay the course and accept the risk that day of triggering symptoms or reduce your workload somehow and or take other steps to reduce stress in order to stay under your threshold and avoid triggering symptoms. But you become more confident and timely in the decisions you make because they're now data-driven. You're now able to take calculated risks rather than just blindly plugging away at your working goals, having no idea when your next flare is going to be. Well, that's it for this week. As always, thank you for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.